All right. Well, good evening, church. First of all, I just want to say Arlene and I miss you all terribly and cannot wait to see you on Sunday in Central Park. Remember, 1030 a.m., not 11. Uh, it's going to be a glorious reunion. We are so looking forward to that. Uh, I also pray that you guys have had a great August, uh, both taking a little break from Zoom on Wednesdays, uh, but also reconnecting with folks in person and in our small groups. Uh, now, we wish we were with you live online right now, but we are in the middle of driving uh, back from Florida to New York City, and we were not able to figure out a stable internet connection. And now we're praying to just get through the weather okay, so please be praying for us. Uh, so tonight, we get back into our Zoom midweek rhythm, uh, which after our survey results a couple months ago, and combined with the fact that it's been very difficult to secure PS41, we will continue Zoom midweeks uh, in the foreseeable future, probably through the fall. So we're going to start a new series today, uh, just for the month of September. It'll continue on Wednesdays and Sundays, and we are calling it Don't Call It a Comeback. Don't call it a comeback. Yes, just like LL says, don't call it a comeback. We've been here for years. We are going to consider the comebacks of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke as we come back to one another in live fellowship. So part one of the series is called Jesus Came Back to His Family. And we have this classic gospel text in Luke chapter 2 about Jesus in the temple and his parents and, and him getting separated, right? And we know this one. Uh, and we're familiar with it, but let's read it again together. See if you can pick out anything new. Here we go in Luke chapter 2, verse 41. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them, and he was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. All right, these is, this is a classic text. We know this one. Jesus coming back with his family as we are coming back with our family. So we have a few things we can learn from him. But I want to key in on verse 51, where it says that Jesus was obedient to them. Obedient. This word is from the Greek, hupotasomai. Let's all say that. Hupotasomai. Hupotasomai. It's the word for obedient. But it's a, a pretty interesting word that has a couple of different pathways to it uh, grammatically in the New Testament. There, uh, one pathway is obedience from demand, and another pathway is obedience from desire. All right, what do I mean by these two pathways? The first one is uh, when you obey by demand, all right? So you, you do it because you have to. 
this is the same word used in Titus chapter 2, verse 9, where a slave has to obey, by demand, their master. The second type of obedience is from desire. This is where you want to do something. You want to obey. Uh, this is the word in Ephesians 5.21, where it says that spouses submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. There's a desire there uh, to obey. So here, going back to the text in Luke 2, what would you say that Jesus is exhibiting here? Would you say Jesus is exhibiting an obedience from demand or an obedience from desire to his parents? So why don't you throw your answer in the chat? Just say demand or desire. Uh, what do you think about that? And, and maybe some of you are thinking maybe it's a bit of both. Uh, maybe Jesus obeyed both because of the demand and also because he desired it. I want to keep uh, drilling down into this concept as you're reading one another's answers here in the chat. In first, or sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul uses the same word again, hupotasomai, in 2 Corinthians 9.13. He says, because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience, hupotasomai, that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity and sharing with them and with everyone else. Okay, so here we have that word again. Again, reminding you, it can mean sort of a, a pathway on one side that I obey because of demand or a path of I obey from desire. Here it seems to say that Christian obedience accompanies our faith that it's a symptom of salvation. It's a fruit of our faith. It happens. We obey because it sort of comes from, it's produced from the faith that we have when we claim that Jesus is Lord of our lives. In other words, this kind of obeying isn't like the child begrudgingly doing chores in the house because they have to obey mom and dad. This is more like the child doing their chores as a result of their genuine joy and love uh, for their family, from serving their family, all right? So it's more of that desire kind. Is that a rare uh, kind of thing, a rare quality in a child? Yes, but going back to Jesus in Luke chapter two, he's a rare child, he's Jesus, and he sets the example for us all. So let me ask a specific question that's more relevant to our situation based on this text. How are you feeling about this Sunday's service in Central Park? How are you feeling about returning in person to your spiritual family, all right? Demand, desire, what's going on in our heads right now? Now, I wanna list out a few factors that might be going on in your minds. Uh, there's COVID anxiety, a real anxiety. Uh, this is a lot of people getting together uh, at one place and one time. And for some of us, this is gonna be the first time that we've been back in this kind of environment for two years. Now, others of us have traveled outside of New York and even worshiped in some other churches, our sister congregations uh, there in person. I know we've uh, had a chance to do that in a couple places, uh, but this is a real anxiety that some of us are feeling. There's also a general social anxiety. You know, I haven't seen some of these folks in a long time. I haven't kept in touch. What am I going to say? Are they feeling something about me? There's all that. There's also the idea of breaking routine. We have all gotten very used to me, number one. I have gotten very used to watching church in my pajamas in my living room with my family on TV. So this is different. This is effort. I'm going to have to get up earlier, wear some appropriate clothing. 
uh, ride the train, get to church. It's different. It's a different way of thinking. And these are some of the things that might be going on in our minds. And all of these concerns are valid. They're real. They're things that we're processing right now as we consider for the first time in a couple of years coming back. Now, two years ago, we wouldn't even have thought twice about park service, especially this group. We've had upwards of four or 500 people at some of our park services in the last decade that we've been doing them together. Uh, and we get so excited. We love the idea of getting together and all the food and the fellowship and we have fun. But the pandemic has changed everything. So this is going to be a little different. And here we are trying to adapt to that. Now, let me give a few uh, pieces of practical direction. All right. Um, there's no pressure to come to the service in person. We're going to stream it on the Zoom link that you are on right now, the same link that you use for midweek services. Um, if you have any symptoms, if you have a cold, a cough, a sniffle, a sneeze, do not come. All right. That is a demand. <laughs> Uh, if your health is vulnerable in any way or if you're concerned about your kids, that's okay. Stay home this Sunday. No problem. And we've, we've made this parallel before that the dangers of the pandemic are sometimes akin to the dangers that the first century church faced when it came to persecution. In that, meeting in person presents a certain potential harm or threat. All right. Uh, in Galatians, Paul actually says, I wish I could be with you in person right now, but I can't. All right, and that, that's really the heart of this message, the desire to be together. I wish I could be with you, uh, but you know, maybe this Sunday it's not gonna happen. Third John in chapter one, verse 14, and we've read this one before, I hope to see you soon to talk face to face. There's a hope, there's a desire, there's a wish to be together, but certain circumstances are gonna prevent that from happening. Our first century brothers and sisters went through the same thing. Now, that was sort of like on one side. We talked about those that are going to be really concerned, really cautious, feeling like, I don't think I can make it this Sunday. On the other hand, please recognize that some of our brothers and sisters have been suffering severe loneliness and spiritual isolation for a long time now. We've even lost some of the flock because of that. So there are those who immediately, when they found out that we're going to be meeting together in the park, they were texting me, emailing me, calling me, almost in tears of joy. I can't believe we're going to finally be together at the park. They cannot wait. In fact, they're on the other side. Maybe they're going to be feeling some sniffles, but they want to come anyways. All right, we already said sniffles don't come. But we have quite the spectrum of different feelings and opinions about this and everything in between. You know what you call that? You know what you call that when you have a group of people that have very different opinions about something? We call that diversity, all right? We, we don't call that a disagreement or disunity. We call that diversity. And this ministry especially has always been built on the beauty of difference, that we're all the proud colors of the rainbow, all our different talents, our different opinions about the world and how it works. And we're New Yorkers, need I say it, so we talk out loud about all of them. Now, here's what we're not going to do. We're not going to ostracize anyone. We're not going to single out, exclude, put down anyone for their opinions about coming back in this way. This is a delicate time of return. So we're going to show respect. We're going to show love. And we're going to continue to exhibit patience. In Romans chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself. 
because you who pass judgment do the same things. This is a powerful and convicting reminder that we do not come to church to judge. We did a whole series on Romans last year. What a fantastic deep dive into one of the greatest books of the New Testament. We need to be reminded of that right now. We are going to fall on different sides of this issue and how to navigate these next few weeks and months as we come back together. So it's fine to share our opinions and talk, but we do so with respect, understanding, and a lot of grace. We are not going to judge on this topic. So let's bear with one another in love. And this Sunday, practically, we're not going to encourage potluck meals. All right. Typically, we all bring our food. We all share and everything. We're not going to do that. Uh, even communion, we've decided, is going to be taken by each individual in each household as they see fit. We are not going to provide those little packages. So you guys can have an agape lunch in your household if that's what you decide. You can take it back at home when you get home or you can bring yourself a little juice and some, uh, some bread. Another thing that we talked about a lot um, with our reopening committee, with our core group trying to get advice from about, uh, is that we are going to approach uh, these next few Sundays, especially this Sunday, with the default stance that we assume that you do not want to be touched. All right. I know that's tough. We got a lot of huggers in the room. A lot of us, our uh, first love language is physical touch. So there's going to be a challenge uh, for disciples of Christ who can't wait to get back together. However, out of respect, out of caution, we are going to assume the position that no one wants to be touched. Now, uh, if you or, or any physical contact of any kind, unless you say otherwise, if you vocalize with someone, hey, I would like to, to be hugged. Do you want to be hugged? If you agree on that, use your discretion. That's up to you, just like you've been doing the last few months as you guys have been hanging out. It's a conversation. Yes, it's a little awkward. You sort of go in for a fist bump and then there's a conversation. That's fine. A little awkwardness is okay in a group that loves and respects one another. All right. So let's assume that we don't want to be touched, that it's for health reasons and not because someone's unspiritual or misguided or misinformed or mad at you, uh, but that we are going to assume this across the board so no one has to you know, be in a position where they're uncomfortable. We're just going to assume that. So if you want to uh, get physical, you can have that conversation. People are going to use your discretion, and that's going to be something we say a lot these next few weeks because we got to make our adult decisions about how we're going to navigate through this. Now, we're going to be outdoors. So we are not going to be able to enforce mask wearing. We're not going to take temperatures or contact trace. It's Central Park. It's way too open to expect a controlled environment. We realize that that in and of itself is going to be reason enough for some of us to decide, hey, you know, I don't feel comfortable coming. No problem. Now, when we go back indoors, it's going to be a different story. The Time Center has a guidance. Uh, we have our big Apple committee guidance uh, for reopening. We're most likely going to have a lot of different uh, things in place, but not this Sunday outdoors. Now, with all that said, I'm sure you're going to have a lot more questions. And as Ross said earlier, uh, we're not going to be able to answer all those now. We're going to do our best. You can always email BigAppleChurch at gmail.com if you have specific concerns. But we're just going to go at this together and continue to live in grace and respect. Now, let me get back to Jesus. He responded both to, I believe, the demand and the desire to return home to his family. And what I'm asking for us to have is the desire to be with the family of believers in person. There is not a demand right now for us to be in person. In other words, if you're planning on coming Sunday and it's safe for you, great. 
If you're not planning on coming, also great. But please, everyone, pray in your heart that the spark of desire is still there. Just like Paul said earlier, I wish to be with you. As John wrote, I can't wait to be with you face to face. Now, given what I've just said, that we're all praying for the desire because there's not a demand. There's not a demand for in-person gathering. However, there is always a demand on any Christian for connection with the body of Christ that is going to happen no matter what, whether that's uh, you know online or on the phone or whatever. We do not live in isolation. We live in interdependent fellowship and harmony with the body of Christ. So that's always going to be there. And that demand has been challenging for us to meet in a time where for two years we've gone through quarantine and restriction where we can't even really be around each other in any form or capacity, let alone outdoors at six foot distance. And so now we're navigating that together as well. So we've always dealt with that Christian demand. Here there is not a demand for in-person gathering, but there is a demand to still connect for especially to have that desire to connect. We're charting a new course here, guys. We've never been in this situation before, but we're moving forward together. I think the challenge for us, namely in this lesson, is to find that value again in returning to the family of believers. Jesus himself could have easily stayed in the temple courts and justified it, right? Hey, I'm with the rabbis. I'm in my father's house. Don't you know? Go on without me. He could have said that, but he doesn't. He recognized the spiritual demand and maybe even more importantly, found the desire in his own heart to be together with his earthly family. Now, I want to end a little earlier than we normally do. It's a little bit of a shorter lesson because I want to leave extra time for you guys to discuss these things. And I've got a couple of discussion questions for you coming and to connect with your groups about the next couple of weeks. This Sunday will be in person in Central Park. Some will elect to be on Zoom. As I mentioned, all of our midweeks for going are going to be on Zoom as well. The Sunday after the 5th, Sunday, September 12th, and Sunday, September 19th, as we talked about in announcements, are going to be done in small groups. We couldn't uh, reserve Central Park for everyone uh, like we did this coming Sunday. We'll be in small groups. We will also have an online option for you. So there's going to be a lot of uh, different things to communicate about with your group about how these next few weeks will go. Of course, we're looking forward to being together indoors, in person, at the Time Center, starting on September 26th. All right, that said, here's a couple closing discussion questions uh, for you and your small groups. Number one, how intact is my desire to be with the family of believers in person right now? All right, how intact is my desire Remember, we're talking about that Paul and John wish, desire, hope to be together in person again as we were before. Um, how do I feel about coming back is part of this question, all right? Uh, remember, there's no ecclesial demand for in-person gatherings of the body at this point, but we're curating a culture of desire. Simply put, do I want to be at church in my heart? Some might feel like that's a silly question. All right. How intact is my desire? Oh, it's 100 percent. It's totally intact. I want to be together. Guys, that's not everyone. And this is where we're going to be patient with one another and help each other to really talk about where we're at in our hearts on this. All right. Number two, have I prayed and thought through if I'm attending the park service this coming Sunday? All right. The reason I ask this specifically in this way is because this is part of a spiritual decision making process that we as Christians go through. 
uh, we don't just impulsively do things. We think about them. We pray about them. We go to the Father. We ask God, hey, I want to be in sync with you. What do you think I should do? We go to his word, right? We pray, we talk to him, and then we listen as we speak, uh, as we hear him speak through his word to us. What scriptures are guiding us right now? What advice are we getting from our spiritual uh, wise mentors and our peers uh, about this process that we're going through? Let's talk about it. And regardless of the decision you make, please communicate in your small groups if you're coming this coming Sunday or you're going to be attending online. That would help us a lot as we prepare. And of course, we don't ever want to leave anyone behind. As we close out and as we have time to uh, talk about these things, remember, take a deep breath and remember, God loves us. We love each other. We've gone through an insanely traumatizing time these last couple of years. So much has happened. We want to be together. We're desiring and figuring out together how we navigate these next few weeks and months with one another as we start meeting in person. Let's pray for grace. Pray for patience. Pray for obedience. Pray for that kind of obedience that, yes, I understand there's a spiritual demand of me as a Christian, but I also desire it in my heart to obey, to be together, to honor God as best I can during these challenging times. I love you, can't wait to be with you, and we'll see you soon.